This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. In our third segment, we're going to speak with uh, a funny man, Jim Gerard, whose book, Beam Me Up Jesus, subtitled A Heathen's Guide to the Rapture, should be uh, an amusing little interlude. Because uh, yours truly is uh, trying to study for his uh, every seven-year national boards examination to uh, be a family practitioner, at least to be able to say you're a board-certified family practitioner, uh, I'm afraid these time constraints are going to have to force me to re-air in our second segment today our excellent talk with New York Times reporter Chris Hedges. David Talbot, the author of Brothers, The Hidden History of the Kennedy Years. We caught up with Mr. Talbot after his speech to the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco last week. You may have noticed in the newsstand uh, Time Magazine uh, last month, its sixth annual Making of America issue, titled What We Can Learn from JFK, and David Talbot's article was the lead among several uh, pieces about the 35th president. And uh, facing each other across pages 60 and 67 were uh, conflicting viewpoints on the question of the JFK assassination was a conspiracy. On the right-hand page was Vincent Bugliosi, who we interviewed about this exact topic a couple of months back. So we will interestingly have a nice bookend with David Talbot taking the uh, yes side of that question uh, and uh, speaking at length about it. I think we will uh, close out today's show, however, with an excerpt from that talk. Let us commence the show as we like to do with On This Date in History, which happens to be August 2nd. On August 2nd, 216 B.C., Hannibal defeated the Romans at the Battle of Cannae, and as a result, most of southern Italy allied itself with him. Military strategists still study uh, what Hannibal accomplished at this battle. It is considered one of the great uh, slam dunks among military conflicts throughout the ages. And, and we feel pretty confident in noting that the Bush administration has not spent a lot of time studying this particular battle. The, their, their concept of a slam dunk remains quite different. Because in Hannibal's case, this was a decisive victory. And uh, speaking of Roman military operations, it so happens that on August 2nd, 47 B.C., Roman General Julius Caesar beats Pharnaces III of the kingdom of Pontus. He defeated uh, Pontus with such ease that his reports of the victory uh, remain a classic of, of journalism. Said Caesar, Vini, Vidi, Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. Of course, we can see that even in 47 B.C., it, it helps to be, uh, you know, directing the reporting. And on August 2nd, 1769, the area now known as Los Angeles was first noted as a likely place for a large settlement. That was by the Spanish explorer Gaspar de Portola and Juan Crespi, a Franciscan priest. They came upon the area while exploring north of San Diego and were impressed by the fertile land around a river that would provide water for irrigation. Unfortunately, the scenic Los Angeles River was converted to a giant culvert by engineers some decades back. Our quote of the day comes from Garrison Keeler, who said, They say such nice things about people at their funerals that it 
makes me sad to realize that I'm going to miss mine by just a few days. Our uh, quips of the day come from AmazingJokes.com, which noted some pearls of wisdom for work, such as, Don't be irreplaceable. If you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted. Another practical item, everything can be filed under miscellaneous. They also noted that you can go anywhere you want if you look serious and carry a clipboard. And uh, my favorite comment about work, when the bosses talk about improving productivity, they are never talking about themselves. Our statistic of the day comes from the Associated Press slash Ipsos poll, which noted that 68% of Americans say they believe there are circumstances in which a patient should be allowed to die, which I think is sort of surprisingly low. 30% of Americans say that doctors should always do everything possible to save a patient's life. But I think this is one of those uh, cases where it depends on how you ask the question. Uh, uh, you know, in my professional life, in training, a lot of times we would ask a family what, you, what they would want us to do in case their loved one... Uh, were to have a code, were to, were to really turn south. And, and people will usually say at first, well, I want you to do everything possible to, to save, uh, you know, my, my family member's life. But when you explain what that means, particularly in some cases given the condition of, uh, of the patient in question, they modify that directive, which, uh, which frankly is, is generally very sensible. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to The Week magazine, last week was a good week for laughing at royalty after Princess Martha Louise of Norway announced to the world that she's been communicating directly with angels since childhood. The princess, age 35, says she has come to understand the value of this enormous gift and would like to share it with others. Personally, I would like to request of the princess that uh, if the angels can just give me the winning lotto numbers here for the California lottery, I'd be a pretty happy guy. All right, a couple weeks back was, a, uh, was kind of a bad week for fans of hip-hop when the small town of Del Cambre, Louisiana, passed a new law banning the wearing of extremely baggy pants. This ordinance evidently sets maximum penalties of $500 and six months in jail for anyone found wearing the extravagantly oversized underwear-revealing pants that have long been popular in the hip-hop community. Commented the mayor of Del Cambre, Carol Broussard, this, this law is not aimed at any particular racial group in particular. Said Broussard, White people wear sagging pants too. Anyone who wears these pants should be held responsible. And finally, it, uh, it was surely an ugly week last week for space aliens, Nostradamus, and two-headed babies with the announced closure after 28 years of the Weekly World News the most transparently fraudulent tabloid newspaper in the history of the printed word. All right, we'd like to, uh, to thank our friend Phil Proctor of the Fire Sign Theater for um, uh, sending us, uh, well, his website, which included uh, 
a section on famous incorrect movie lines. This was compiled evidently by someone named Eddie Deason, who noted that, uh, why don't you come up and see me sometime, was in fact never uttered by Mae West. Uh, at least not originally, but uh, the, the line apparently became so associated with the actress that she did parody herself and quote that line at the end of My Little Chickadee, in which she starred with W.C. Fields in 1940. But uh, here's the shocker item. Star Trek's Captain Kirk never said, Beam me up, Scotty. And I have no doubt whatsoever that Trekkies have checked the archives on this and noted that Kirk says almost everything but that exact phrase. He says, Scotty, beam me up. Beam us up, Scotty. One to beam up, Scotty. But apparently never once does he say, beam me up, Scotty. We'll have to remember to ask Jim Gerard about that. Uh, we're writing his book, Beam Me Up, Jesus. And uh, in kind of a follow-up to that baggy pants story from Louisiana, we, we should close here with uh, some comments by Leonard Pitts, the uh, African-American columnist for the Miami Herald. Wrote Pitts, My wife and I have a running joke. Whenever a doctor tells me I have to submit to a painful medical test, I whisper to her, You know why he's doing it? It's because I'm black. Said Pitts, actor Isaiah Washington probably would come to the same conclusion, except that he's not joking. That's the guy who was fired from the TV show Grey's Anatomy after he got into an angry argument on the set and described a fellow actor as a fag. Washington then blamed his firing on racism, telling Newsweek that he wasn't a mush-mouthed Negro and that his co-workers dislike him only because, quote, I'm a six-foot-one black man with dark skin who doesn't go around saying, Yes, sir, Massa, sir, and no, sir, Massa, wrote Pitts. Now, there's no doubt that some people will get rejected for jobs or pulled over by cops because of their skin color. But Isaiah Washington, by all accounts, is a volatile jerk who doesn't work well with other people. That's why he was fired. Said Pitts, using racism as, as an excuse for every personal failure is not only dishonest, it undermines every black man and woman with a legitimate claim of discrimination. All right, we need to take a break here in just a minute, but, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to learn about marketing a little bit here at, at this program, at least in the sense of how to better attract uh, people to the ideas you're trying to put out. And we were quite taken by Radar Magazine's uh, enticements <laughs> and why you need to come back and subscribe that they sent out a few months back, some of which I, I felt I should quote, uh, among their 10 reasons to welcome Radar back. Number 10. We're the same magazine you know and love, unless you don't love us, in which case we're totally different. Uh, skip ahead. Number seven, our new and improved back page feature. Please accept this free $100 bill. Number five, is there a more perfect gift for the friend or family member you never call because you're so utterly self-absorbed? Number two, 10 action-packed issues for just $1 a pop. That's the price of a cup of coffee in 1986. And their top reason for welcoming the magazine back. But wait, act now and we'll even eat our standard $499 annual shipping and handling charge. That's a $509 value, yours for just $10. Anyway, those are some funny guys. 
I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. We'll be back after a short break and speak with Chris Hedges of the New York Times.